It's time for the drive stop four at four. Hour number two of the drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. It's time for the top four at four. It's brought to you by SM Athletics. Tucker Harlan, hit me. Thank you, Russell. At number one, the search is officially on as Tennessee running backs coach Jerry Mack is taking the same position with the Jacksonville Jaguars in Mack's three seasons. In his Manual three, conk. Yeah. In his three seasons in Knoxville, uh, the Vols ran for the second most, fifth most, and first most yards per game. Is that last word you said a word? What'd you say? Most, rather, I should have said. First most. Yeah. I like it. Mostest. <laughs> I mean, it, his running backs performed well. I don't think this is a devastating loss and perhaps even a chance to upgrade in the recruiting department. And it'll be very interesting to see what Josh Heupel does. Always so protective of his precious, precious offense. Yeah, I just only – the only thing in the back, you know, maybe small. It's very small, but anytime you change a piece, a, a cog in the system, will he do the comfortable thing and bring back Matt Merritt from Miami, or will he look outside the box and find somebody that he will have to teach the intricacies of his offensive system, but might be able to pay recruiting dividends a position as we talked about last hour is not exactly even though the production has been there Jalen Wright was not a guy that I think Georgia Alabama were were going after Dylan Sampson you know did not have I don't think LSU pursued him heavily from in-state like we have gotten lucky with some of these guys imagine how good that position would look with an elite talent manning the helm at number two, Tennessee has fallen to number eight in the latest AP poll in a week in which it lost by 16. Tragedy on the hill. <laughs> yes, tragedy, tragedy on, on the, the hill. hill. We're number eight. That but is what he called it. Also won by 20 at home against LSU. Uh, in the rest of the SEC, South Carolina jumped up four spots to 11. Auburn was bumped down one spot to 13 after its loss at Florida. Alabama's dominant win at LSU bumped it up to a 15 uh, or the 15th spot, rather. And Kentucky fell five more spots to 22 thanks to a third straight loss at home to Gonzaga. Ole Miss and Texas A&M also received votes but did not crack the poll this week. Any of you guys watched that South Carolina Vandy game over the weekend? No. A Murray Boyle's kid is something else. First half, I thought Vandy might do us a solid, and in the second half, uh, South Carolina woke up. It Murray was Boyle? Bloodbath. Colin Murray Boyles scored 31 like- points. Sounds like a comic on Ed Sullivan. Oh, welcome here. Murray Boyles is over here. He's going to tell some jokes now. <laughs> He's on the Smothers Brothers show. Murray Boyles. One of the stars of Cocoon. Look it up, Tucker. <laughs> At number three, while several Chiefs players and coaches said they had prepared a strategy in the event that the Super Bowl went to overtime, Multiple 49ers players admitted they were not even aware of the rules. Oh, that's it was, a bad thing to admit. Yeah. yeah. It was the first the first Super Bowl played under these new overtime rules that ensure both teams get a chance to possess the ball before the game ends unless the first drive in overtime ends with a safety. 
Of course, this differs from the rules governing overtime in the regular season, where the game ends if the first team to possess the ball scores a touchdown. Yeah, apparently it wasn't just the players. I saw reports where like Shanahan wasn't exactly clear on. So, so they they would have gone to another quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it if time had expired, they had they yeah time. Okay, so the way so I understand, understand like now, you can't you can't end in a tie. It's a you, Super. You can't end in a tie, but they are guaranteed their full possession. That's what was throwing everybody. Everybody thought when the and I me too because I, I tweeted it out. I thought that it was just one 15-minute period. Like, once you had the ball, they were just, you had to score before time ran out. So, they, you know, the, the extra three seconds go off or whatever, they would just switch ends of the field, like, at the between yeah, quarters. It, it, yeah, at a quarter change, yeah. And they would just keep playing quarters until Well, no, winner? it had – okay, let's say Kansas City had either, either had a turnover on downs or well, that threw would have it. That would have been it. Because that, yeah. that would have been the com- completion of their. What if they had kicked a field goal there? It would have, then, then I think it was sudden death after that. Next I do. Thing yeah, I think score. the next one would have been sudden. So they would have played death. another fifteen minute quarter, and if nobody scored, they would have gone to another to, fifteen minutes yes. yes. <laughs> just until somebody scored. Yeah. Can you imagine like how crazy that could have gotten? It's just weird to throw time on sudden death at that. Well, there's point. the epic. The all-time, I mean, they, I think it was like they almost played two entire games. It was wasn't that the Heidi game? It was before I was born. Uh, it went in overtime. There have been a couple of overtime games, in a, in one of them way back in the day that well, went for like three. What was the um, – you, know, you had the epic Bills-Chiefs playoff game a couple of years ago, and they changed the rule after that, yeah, right? Yeah, just because of what happened there. J- they just got rid of sudden death, so where you had to score – if you if you win the call, toss, you get the ball, you go down and score a touchdown – it guarantees both teams an offensive possession. This rule does. This rule does, yeah. But it used to be sudden death. What, what if the 49ers scored a touchdown? If the 40, it would have been. Chiefs would have still had a chance to possess yeah. the ball. That was a change. What do, we, what do we like here, man? I, I kind of like sudden death. I don't. It was incredibly unfair, especially with like the way the kickers are now. you got to play defense. It's football. I mean, you can't. I mean, with with Bucker, you can't give up like twenty yards. Or he's that guy's kicking game. Make good draft picks. Coach your team team up. Nah, that's 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 terrible. Nobody, the, why? Like, I mean, you're the only person that likes that because it puts too much importance on the flip of a coin. Okay, first of all, I'm, I guarantee I'm not the only person who likes you're that. You're one of the very but few. I think that it would have been, you know, if if I'm the 49ers and I go down there and score a touchdown. And then the Chiefs come back and score a touchdown. It's like, wait a minute. We, we play under one set of rules all, all mm. season long, and then we get to the most important point, and and we're, we're going to change it just to make it, what, more entertaining? Or we, we just want to make it, I, I don't know. That seems counterintuitive to me. There, there's always artificially There's influence. always going to be an element of luck. That's It's a coin toss. Like, in, unless you get that out of it, you're yeah, not going but to that get was uh, the you know the original sudden death NFL overtime rule was that it was awful, man, because the the importance of the coin flip, you know, winning that was was way way outsized. It was just a huge. Advantage. I, just, I just want a consistent set of rules that it it is ridiculous to me that it is the closing seconds of the Super Bowl and we're all going. So What's what going on here? Next? 
<laughs> we we should know this, man. Well, I mean, whatever they used last night, they should use throughout the regular season. It is weird. They, they did that because they don't want teams going, you know, extra rounds in the regular season. They're trying to right. avoid plays and injury and all that. But you can tie in the regular season, and it, it's okay. Obviously, you can't tie the Super Bowl, so you have to have something in place. What if they just had ties? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Everybody's a winner. <laughs> Paying ten grand a ticket, and you just go home like, well, all right. We'll cut the trophy down the middle. Is that it? And finally, at number four, UCLA has found its replacement for Chip Kelly and running backs coach Deshaun Foster. Foster played for the Bruins in college before his six-year run with the Carolina Panthers in season with the 49ers in the NFL. Aside from a one-year stint at Texas Tech, he had spent the last decade on the UCLA staff, and he was actually hired by the Las Vegas Raiders as the running backs coach just a week ago. So, obviously, there's a chance that Deshaun Foster could be the next Dabo Swinney, who was not a coordinator when he was promoted to right. the head coach. But I, f- I feel like that's 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 a huge gamble this is ucla football they play in the rose bowl they're they've been in the pac-12 they're an historic program they're going to the big 10 and i know the timing is less than ideal here but man you, you, you do you do cut the guy and he bleeds baby blue and gold you, i mean he's yeah but we've seen you, that you could have you could have hired uh pete carroll you could have hired people in the lineup pj fleck you could have hired any number of guys with head coaching experience power five head coaching experience and you hire a guy who's – that guy can't be more than, what, 30 years old? And he's 44. He's 40. Yeah, he's okay. – All right. Age maybe not a concern, but no but coordinator experience. experience. Yeah, yeah, it's just – oh, man. What are I, you it, doing? It makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, the athletic director is damn near a lame duck. I mean, they've got – that – with the situation they're in, and they may look at it, he may just be end up being kind of a caretaker, transitional head coach, but – Told you guys this hire would tell you a lot about what UCLA's plan is. And doesn't the, look like much this commitment. Does not, this does not no. look great. Not would this be like us just giving it to like T instead of hypo? Yeah, I, it, that's exactly what it's like. It's this is worse. Yeah. At least T Martin's called offense in a couple places. This guy's been a running backs coach. All right, folks, that is the top four at four. It's brought to you by SM Athletics. Spring is just around the corner. That means baseball, fast pitch, AAU basketball, track and field, all on the way. And if you've got uniform equipment, screen print, or embroidery needs for the upcoming season, give our friends over at SM Athletics a call. 865-966-3434 is their phone number. They do it right out there. Great uniforms, uh, coaches, shirts, gear, Anything you need, SM Athletics has it. So give them a call. Tell them Fan Run Radio sent you. Breaking things down here on uh, on the drive. I completed my my first season as an eight and under basketball coach on Saturday. Our team uh, we, we lost. We we had all the way to the cha- tournament championship game. We had a great season. Uh, one of our players. We lost. Uh, came up a little bit short, but it was a lot of fun. And I, I tell you what, I learned a ton. First of all, I had just a, a great time coaching this team. I'm going to do it again, hopefully next year. Um, learned so many things. First of all, 
first of all, what I would say is like it really is just about players. People say, you know, you're a coach, you talk about Deshaun Foster. He's gonna, can he get good players or not? Like that's that's it. Like you look at, it's just like. I I don't I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just out there like I, I had four really good players on my team and they just like scored all the points, right? Yeah, that's typically it's how the, it works. You know, Josh Heupel has yeah, he's a good coach, but he's also you know, his offense looked a lot better with Hendon Hooker out there than it did with Joe Milton. I'm suspecting it's going to look a lot better with with Nico out there. You know, the other thing I learned is I was talking with our friend Chris in Fresno about this because he sent me a text yesterday or maybe it was Saturday, or he was watching uh, Kentucky lose to Gonzaga. And he was like, ah, Calipari gets so on my nerves. I can't – he's out there on the floor. He's out there on the floor. This is what Tennessee fans uh, say about Buzz Williams. And, and like, that, w- that was a little bit different. Like, he literally went to – but – Half court. Yeah. You see, like, these coaches getting teed up for coming out of the box and everything. I'll tell you this. As a coach, the allure – of like getting out on the floor, oh, it's intoxicating. Wait, really? Oh yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it is. I, I got several get back warnings, and like I didn't even realize. Like at the, at the beginning of the year, I was kind of like, didn't I, I was a sitter. I was like, I'm not going to get out there and rant and rave. And like, but I, I, like halfway through the season, I'm, I'm in my stance. I'm out on the floor. Come on, kids! I, I, I play defense, you know. And uh, oh yeah. If you uh, never, uh, it's it's the best, man. Being out on that floor, the ref says, "Hey, coach, <laughs> coach, get back a little bit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I mean, it's, it's two it's possessions later. Any, you're any back kind out of, there. <laughs> any kind of field or it's the floor the or the diet. Yeah, get out there when you really got to talk to your guys. Ah, man, you got to bark at them. Yeah. What are you doing? So I I can't come off on Cal too much. Hell, I can't I can't imagine just uh, how liberating and free Buzz Williams felt as he. He was like a ballerina. He's up there on the he's he's calling timeout. He's on his tiptoes. He's like spinning out there at midcourt. Oh. Everybody heard Jim voluntary reaction. That was a guy living his best life right there, man. Russ kind of white knighted for him, Houston. I don't know if you heard it. I mean, I think I missed that. I I do wonder if we, if we don't if we don't fumble that inbounds where we have to have the ref go get the ball, I wonder if he gets teed up. But us kind of bobbling the ball and having to chase it down, he got to get out there and have his it, it, regardless it what, what do we think that timeout was for was he just trying to get his guys prepared for the because that put it back up to was it back up to 14 at that point yeah because the three gave him a lead and i think he was just trying to strategize for the rest yeah. of the way i like buzz but i also don't blame barnes at him. all for ripping no. pat adams and saying hey if, if if i did that you'd have teed me up why didn't he get a tech well he wasn't he wasn't talking he was screaming yeah that's yeah. that's about as mad as I've ever seen Barnes. You ever seen him? I'm, I was trying to think. Oh of him. yeah, he's much madder than that. There was a interest uh, a, against Kentucky his first or second year, where he got the screw job for the first time. Kind of a deal. no. It's just like he he was he's furious, and it's weird. Like Barnes has mastered the art of projecting fury while still being in complete control of himself. You know, he he's never does that thing where like it's uh, Big Earn McCracken, his hair yeah. is coming yeah. apart. He's throwing his jacket off, just like no, he's he's mad, and it, and and you can see the fury in his eyes. He is scorned, and damn it, he is going to let you know about it. He is the, the sternest of looks, and he's and he's he's chewing somebody out and all that stuff, but he's he's still always under control. I think at one point I, I rewatched it a couple of times. 
just see if I could figure out what he was saying. Uh, the only line I picked up on was, you can't let him do that. You yeah, can't let yeah. him do that. That's what he was saying. How can, you, how can you let him? That's what he, he kept. What, what game did he get a tech in? Vandy. Was it Vandy? Okay. Like From he, a guy he will like never 30 th- feet away? Yeah, he, yeah. he will. <laughs> Steve Anderson special. Yeah. He will never get thrown out of a game. No. Has he ever been thrown out of a game anywhere? What, who got thrown out? Did, did he get thrown out at South Carolina a couple of years ago? Somebody got thrown out at South Carolina. Where was that Pearl? How many times did Pearl get thrown out when he was here? Talk about passionate coaches and getting on the floor and acting crazy. Now, that's something I haven't experienced, getting tossed. Oh, man, that must Are be you exhilarating. Itching? Yeah, look at him. Look at him. He's, he's foaming at the mouth oh, yeah. a little bit to get the get the hook. The, the, the officials in this league, they've – seen some stuff you know they they've probably mostly parents that they've had to throw out because like in yeah, the first yeah. game they they had like they're like look uh, we're not going to tolerate this this and this and we expect you to keep your parent like if parents say something we expect you to nip it in the yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. throw them out but like you got to control your team and your the parents families and all that stuff and i think i complained twice all season long and never like rudely but like Saturday in the championship, like it was a it was a tight game in the fourth quarter, and I felt whenever guys got clobbered, I said I was like, "Come on, man, he got clobbered!" And like, dude turned and looked at me. He's like, "No, he didn't." It was a common foul, blah blah. Like, you could tell he like dealt with whiners yeah. before, and he's like, he shut me down pretty quick. I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> yes, sir." Yeah, you know what's even more point. exhilarating when you toss somebody, being the tosser. <laughs> Out of here! Out! 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 Hmm. What would be more exhilarating, getting tossed or tossing somebody? One in stripe says, uh, "There's nothing like tossing a coach." Oh, it's it's it's, it, it's sublime. Well, can, I mean, can you imagine though, at like the professional or collegiate level, in an arena of twenty thousand bloodthirsty fans, and just you know, looking at a guy, just boom, you're out of here. Get out of here. It's different in basketball. In baseball, there's like a performative aspect to it. It's yeah. like fighting yeah. in hockey. Yeah. You know, in basketball, it's real. <laughs> it's it's like okay, you. I gave you your warning. You you teed up once, and now the rule like mm-hmm. you, you are persisting here, and so this is what happens next, and you got to go. I did toss one, and I, I apologized to her as I was tossing her. I was like, "I, I go, it's a terrible call, but you got to go." <laughs> Boom! <laughs> did you make the bad call uh, also? Yes. That okay. that's a funny thing too. Like there was one uh, one time where an official made a bad call right in front of me on one of our kids, a fa- like a clean block. They called a foul, a shooting foul, and he told me he's like, "Ah, oh, man, I wish I had that one back." And I was like, "All right, man. Well, you owe me one." Well, he's kind of joked about it. He's like, "Do you want it now?" Or do you-? He, he was like, "Okay, I'm going to give it to you." That's he good. Said, he said, "Do you want it now, or do you want it in the fourth quarter?" I said, let's, let's "Hold on, let's see how this goes." <laughs> I wish more refs would do that. And, and, then, I, and I don't know how many of them do, but especially yeah. like in big time college basketball, I'm like, it, if, well, if, it, if, yeah, it makes me wonder. If you like, blow it, like these conversations. I, I did see like, Rick. Oh, I can't remember what game it was. Now it was a couple games back. He looked at the ref and he's like, "You owe us one. We yeah. got to get that back." Yeah, Pearl used to say that all the yeah. time. And like there was there was another one where they called a foul on our team, and it was at 
the far end, like this way away from me, and it was the other official. Mm-hmm. And the other the official was right next to me. He kind of gets ooh, like basically throwing his partner in the bus. Was like that was a that was a good call. And I was like, ah. Well, you can help I, us I, out I, on this I, end yeah, next said, time. Uh, you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> you're killing me right now. Yeah, I've, I've been tossed a couple. I got tossed a couple times, and then I, I tossed two people. Tossing is much better than getting tossed. I'll tell you that. We're talking about coaching right now? Yeah. Stay with us. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to get on the show. 546-8200, your number to get on board. Coming up, Tennessee baseball getting underway this Friday in Dallas. FanDuel has set win totals for football. I've Mm. seen this. Real quick, have you seen this? Houston? Yeah, I think so. Bear, uh, yeah, I saw it just because I saw Trey had a really good tweet on. Did about we just it. ruin your game? Yeah, sorry. We'll tell those of you who haven't seen it what FanDuel is setting the win total at when we continue for our beloved Volunteers. Stay with us. The drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Michael on Twitter says, seems like nobody wanted the UCLA job. Even P.J. Fleck turned him down. Did he turn him down or did he realize he wasn't getting it? And Didn't want to row the boat out there. I can't stand that guy. Jared says, rumor has it Anderson Garcia is still standing under the basket and Adams has not called three seconds. That is another really good point. I just I want to know what our what our win loss record is when when uh, when uh, Patty Boy is on. The, I'd love to be able to find that. Our, our fella, they do that with NBA refs all the time. Like oh, every time this guy refs the Warriors game, they cover the spread and stuff. But I've I've never seen it for college basketball. Tony Voltello says Pruitt wanted him as a DB out of high school. Is that talking about Gibbs? Gibbs yeah. Uh, he wanted everybody. First round draft pick at running back. He'd make a good defensive back. He got fluid hips. How about crazy Craig Fitzgerald bolting Florida after about him? One month with Sunbelt Billy was all crazy Craig could handle. Well, I mean, he did. I mean, he's he's worked with – he was at Penn State with Bill O'Brien. And with the, uh, the Texans when and, he went there. So, I mean, that's his guy. Is he a Boston it, guy, too? He, he, he's Maryland, a child ahead. Marylander. You know, Boston Northeast. guy. He's, yeah. You know, but he coached at, he coached at Harvard uh, back in the day, too. He was tired of Billy's strange jargon already. He was named, what, Director of Football Performance, which is really just a fancy name for strength coach. Yeah. Yeah, I, I choose to believe that he, he left Florida for Boston College. He sensed the sinking ship, the yep. nature of the mistake he had made, and – well, you could also go back to, you know, because when he was at Harvard was when – that's when that article was written, the anonymous. Like, nobody ever – they don't we don't know for 100% sure that's who the author was talking about, but Crazy Craig was his strength and conditioning coach when he was playing football at Harvard, when he wrote the article. Jeb says, I coach youth basketball as well. Had one this year where the ref blows his whistle. Everyone stops. My player stops and tosses the ball to him. 
He moves, lets it go out of bounds, gives the ball to the other team, and tells me, quote, I didn't blow my whistle. <laughs> but everyone stopped. <laughs> what, do we got a, a phantom whistle in the, uh, See, that's the gym? Kind, that's kind of what happened in my situation. I don't want to name any names or anything. Uh, uh, Bear yeah. immediately. Oh, yeah, the, the, the uh, obviously defective referee. I did the same thing. You literally just went <laughs> – you just told me that it was an inadvertent whistle. Yeah, I had an inadvertent whistle, but I didn't. I didn't try anything. I, I didn't try and act like I didn't blow the whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. How do? How do, How exactly does an inadvertent whistle? What? And why? Yeah, because some 300 pound here. sophomore slammed into me and it knocked the wind out of me, and my whistle blew. My whistle blew. <laughs> <laughs> the whistle blew. Why are we still doing whistle? Like we don't have a button the, the guy could press. I've actually thought about that before. I mean. A lot of these refs, I mean, they hold the whistle in their mouth. I mean, if you breathe out your mouth inadvertently, it's going to blow the whistle. I feel like you I do would have just kind of hold it. You do have to it. give it a good blow. You know. <laughs> give it a good blow. You know what I mean, Houston. Yeah, Houston. You know what I, I mean. Russell's I know what Russell you mean. doesn't use a whistle. You don't even have a whistle at practice? I do. My wife got me one, but I felt pretentious wearing it. So, uh, well, What's a whistle? You keep it, you spin it around on your fingers, it gives yeah. you something to do. What am I, Coach Woodcock over here, uh, Billy Bob Thornton? I, uh, I don't know, man. Coach it's Summit not, always had to me. have it's a whistle, a, but she never blew it. It's a, it's but a, it's, a, yeah, it's a coaching thing. You got it. Yeah. Do you have a clipboard? What happens I do. If like they, a whiteboard? Oh, okay. yeah. Do you have a stool? Whiteboard's fun. A little stool? No. Oh, cool. You know when they come in handy? Like when things get chipped, especially in practice. Things get chippy in practice. You start blasting on that whistle. It's the only thing to get their attention. Oh, this is eight and under, man. There, there was no getting their attention because <laughs> you weren't using a whistle. No, no. There's, there, there's no force of nature that is going to compel nine eight-year-olds to pay attention to an adult for more than 10, 15 seconds. Especially Ooh. there are balls bouncing in a gymnasium and echoes happening. No. It was pure chaos. Uh, David said Barnes was also mad because number 11 tipped the ball away from Tennessee players after the basket. Mm. A&M had already had a warning, so it should have been a technical foul after the second time. That's interesting. So that's I did three not technicals that. then I that do they should have had. Well, no, maybe, that's what, maybe Barnes wasn't um, mad at Buzz at yeah. all. He probably was, no, but, it's a but, it, point. but it is possible. Yeah, he was saying he you can't, can't let him the, do yeah, that. Right, he he right. might have been talking about the guy slapping the ball away. It's a good point. They did issue that warning very, very early into the game. I don't think any of this would have mattered. No, there's Taylor, no world where Taylor we're got that a game. tech early, right? Didn't yeah, he get one he did for John? Yeah, we went out there and and draped ourselves over the barrel and told him, "Bring it on, boys!" Saturday night. I mean, I hate Pat Adams as much as the next person. We got shellacked. Yeah, we didn't do anything to warrant help, really. A kid that Wade Taylor the fourth. I don't know why I keep thinking he he was from he was a transfer. It's it's his name. Does that not sound like a Vandy boy name? Well, no. Yeah, we're we thinking of Wade, Wade Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah, Wade Taylor the fourth. And then that Radford kid. Then they just absolutely abused Jordan Ganey. That was brutal. Why? The, my only really big question: Why did Jamal only get one minute in the first half? I mean, he's your best on-ball defender, and you're playing a team that's just penetrating. Yeah, that was strange. I don't know if they thought – it's it's kind of the double edge. Like, you've got to stop them from scoring, which Meshack can do, but maybe they didn't want to not have enough offense. Maybe they thought A&M well, would no, kind of – He fouled a guy 90 feet to, from the basket. That's, that's true. 
Uh, like I, I, I'm with you. I think he should play more, and and that game was ca- calling out from. I don't think it would have mattered and help us win, but like it's we're talking about Rick Barnes here. When you commit stupid defensive fouls and you are a primarily defensive player, I can see how that would really piss him off. Four turnovers. We haven't seen yeah, Freddie you, you, since you, the you, Vanderbilt game. You can't cut off your nose to spite your face. Sure, that may warrant a sit down for a couple of for a few minutes. But you can't leave Jordan Ganey out there. Well, what, why did we leave Connect on the bench with four fouls until under five under minutes four, to go? Yeah, that's, how, that's how he does. And everybody was like, thought he was getting. I was like, no, he's, I knew that Connect was going back in. He wasn't going back in until the under five. No, that had uh, that had some serious Purdue overtime vibes. I'm like, dude, you're down. Like, you got to yeah. have this guy score. I, yeah, I, under, I understand if we're talking about a close game is like the only way we get back is sure, if we sure. have a hurricane here and it's not going to happen with four minutes to go yeah i, I would have just left him in i, I brought him back in like seven but they went right like, at go. him and got him in foul trouble and- they did and he wasn't defending well either he was kind of slapping at wrists and not not moving his feet yeah and the problem with him is you know not like he's an elite defensive player to begin with that's not his thing but you know when a guy like that is not given great effort it's it's bad well and i hate to do this again i thought we looked tired well he was missing shot he was missing shot we, short early. everybody was everybody was short and i'm just wondering if maybe they got put through the old rick barnes yeah. thursday sprint fest probably probably yeah probably i mean you had well we talk after lsu what we talk about right like load management you, you won the game but you had that little spurt in the second half where barnes probably didn't like their effort and that's that's what he does to get effort is all right you're gonna run sprints you're gonna you're gonna show me effort and three, i thought they looked a little tired three guys who played 30 minutes including zakai ziegler who played the entire game that that can't happen barnes talked about that after the game he said he kept telling zakai like you need a break you need a break and zakai just said I'm not coming out of the game. Yeah, the only Which I love I that. I love that, that but I'm also like, eh, Zakai's not in charge. Yeah, you're Rick Barnes. You're an authoritarian coach. Yeah, you yeah. send somebody to the uh, scores table and tell Z- him to get Zakai out. Zakai will sit down. If, if yeah. you tell him yeah. Freddie's coming in, like he he's not going to tell you no. <laughs> this yeah, is by your wishes. I'm telling you, it's going to bite us because we don't, you know, yet again. I mean, where's DeLeon? Who's our backup point You guard? haven't seen Freddie since the turnover at Vanderbilt. Where he traveled, you have not seen him since. Golly. Well, I, I just remember a media session with Barnes. This is a couple of weeks ago, where and I can't remember the circumstances. I think we played it on the air, where he was talking about it being a veteran team, and if it were a younger team, he would get out there and run them, and we'd have a four-hour practice and this. That, yeah. And he said, "We're not going to do that with this group. We're taking the day off." Like he said, we we're taking. You know, we're going to get our work in, and then we're going to get these guys mm-hmm. off their feet. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that he is not grinding them down. I do too. But they, I, I would agree with your assessment that it did look a tired group the other night. And, and then I also think we just wandered into sure. a hornet's nest yeah, where yeah. Uh, they still harbor – you're playing a team where they still harbor NCAA they, – they know they've got a better team than their record show. Yes, yes. They think they're a tournament team. They probably are going to be there at the end – and they've got a sold-out arena. It's a rowdy found base to begin with. And yeah, some like people that, who that went said it was a great environment. But, and I'm arguing with myself here, the week before at Rupp was Rupp yeah. sold out on a Saturday night, and it had no effect. 
No. It, it, the opposite, really. We came out guns a-blazing, knocking down shots, hustling all over the... I don't, is, that always seems to be the case with A&M. Like, they're, they don't have the tradition in the SEC. Do you think teams... And I think this is all sports. Just kind of overlook A&M. Like, oh, oh yeah, they're good. But they're A&M. They're just... They don't... They're kind of a... It's a kind of a boring... Because they've never won game. anything? Yeah, they're just kind of boring. Like, sometimes they're good, but... But they always have players. They're yeah. good enough to beat you yeah. if you, if yeah, you exactly. have that exactly. attitude. Exactly. If you don't come in ready to play, they're – I mean, we saw it with Radford and Taylor. I mean, they were lights out. Quick break. The drive continues. We'll get to phone calls coming up here in just a minute, 865-546-8200. If you want to join the festivities, your call is coming up. The – Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. FanDuel has set out early college football win totals. Tennessee's season total for 2024 has been set at 8.5. Houston Sheiks are getting around. A little steamed about that. It feels... I don't know if it it feels low, but I'm, I'm just... Are we overhyping this team a little bit? We said on this show, it's a good question. We said on this show before last season that eight, eight wins, eight and four would be disappointing. And I stand by that. I, I feel like it was. No, we're, I consider us to be a nine and three program. Now, I, don't I you? feel I was, it was disappointing. I, I feel like eight wins, eight and four next year will be really disappointing. Unless. Oh, the Nico Unless there is a terrible injury that I won't even speculate. I won't even put those words Any out of my mouth. We Any all know what we're guys. Yeah. Like uh, eight, eight and four would. I'm not going to say unacceptable, but that would be deeply disappointing. We'd be fit. the the Legion of the Miserable would definitely be getting active. On I don't know that nine and three would be. I'd be turning cartwheels in the street. No, because nine and three, you probably I, ten and two is going to be the number. I feel like minimum to get into the playoff to have a shot at it. You have to win ten games. Ten should playoff. be the number. Ten, ten is the, the goal. Because ten, you're in the conversation for the playoff. Eleven, you're in. Obviously, twelve, you would. Yeah, be. some. I mean, if you, it, I, just a quick look at the schedule. It's a hard schedule. But it feels like everyone's gettable except maybe Georgia, right? I'm not conceding Georgia anymore. We'll put them at the top. They're of the, the, I'm uh, saying the they're at the top of the list. Schedule. I mean, that's they, on they the are road. the hardest game, but. And it is, it is in Athens, but I don't know. But, like, Bama doesn't scare me as much. Nope. Kentucky, get them at home. <laughs> get Florida at home. Arkansas is a mess. Home. What's it all come down to, Russell? Florida. Go Gator. And Oklahoma is going to be difficult. But uh, Florida game is going to be pivotal. Uh, Georgia and Texas had the highest win totals at 10.5, ahead of 9.5 for Alabama, LSU, Missouri and Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah. I just wonder. I think that's very generous to be given Texas ten and a half their first year in the SEC. I believe Georgia goes to them this By the way, year. We're, we're listing these games. We have to bludgeon Missouri, right? Can we all agree we on don't that play this them. year? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't play South, South Carolina. Carolina. That's what kind of sucks about this, like. I and we're not playing Ole Miss, right? Nope. The three coaches that we can work up the most crazed redneck <laughs> anger for 
we don't get to play. Well, a lot of that for Ole Miss and Missouri especially is their schedules are just – they got great schedules. And I don't think we got a bad one, but we do go to Oklahoma, still get Bama, still get Georgia. And I think that's probably right there I, I where the 9-3-8 and, three, eight and We've got to go to Oklahoma this year. I'm just kind of tired, and it's probably because we played him. Well, so early in the season as yeah. well, it feels like, man. This, Might this be is... a good thing, though, getting – like that's your first SEC game – I mean, you know, Heupel's gonna. Ha- he's had that one circled since he got here. Like Nico doesn't time- seem like the type to let atmosphere rattle him. I wouldn't think so. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you where I'd, I'd love to see that Tennessee Oklahoma game, uh, like Thanksgiving weekend. That'd be a good one. Get them up here in the cold. Athlon has Tennessee the highest of the released preseason rankings so far at number eleven. Surprised nobody took a flyer on the balls in the top ten. Right, get back to your question, uh, Houston. Are we just massively overrating our own team? I don't think so. I mean, you got to look at the league. I mean, that's what I was just looking at the schedule, kind of like, okay, well, why would they think eight and a half is the number? You get NC State to start the season. I, I think that's going to be a tough game, but that's test. not one you should lose. Oklahoma, they're kind of up in the air. Arkansas is a mess. Florida's a mess. Bama, new staff. Kentucky's Kentucky. Mississippi State, new staff. Well, and it's like, do are, are some of these national media types just looking at a Tennessee team and be oh, well, they were eight and four this past year, and they're losing their quarterback? Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. And, uh, you know, with without looking too far under the hood, well, those of us who – eat, sleep, breathe this stuff are like, yeah, but our new quarterback's better than our old quarterback, and we're going to get right back to just outscoring people. Don't particularly expect the defense to be any better or worse. It just sort of is what it is, but our offense is going to go back from scoring, what did we have, like 38 points a game this year, back up into the mid-40s, which is going to be enough to win us some games. I also saw something. I don't know where it falls on the list, but apparently if you look at production, we lost a lot of production and a lot of these early seasons. That's what those guys are looking at. Oh, they lost a 1,000-yard back and yep. their quarterback, and it's just they have no idea of what's behind them or yeah. what's coming in. Yeah. So it just becomes, a, oh, well, yeah, just slot them right here. And like you said, like how can you rank any of these teams before the spring portal, tra- like transfer portal window? Like who knows who we could add, or any of these teams could add before the start of the season. Part of me feels slighted and wants to be Maynardville mad about it. There is part of me that's like, okay, think that, overlook us, underrate us. Yes, we lost our quarterback and our running back, and uh, you know, took a step back. It doesn't take much for you to. You're you're very easily. You're. I mean, you're all almost as easily offended as Phil Leotardo. Well, no, I, I'm I'm saying like I I could see this playing into our favor oh, a little sure. bit. It's it's like Tennessee's baseball team last year where you start at the top and the wind blows hardest at the top of the flagpole and there's nowhere to go but down. And I think that wore on our coach and our team a little bit last year, even though we were able to pull it together at the end and, and save things. And um, I, I just feel like there are certain coaches, and I feel like Heupel and Vitello are cut from the same cloth in that regard, that prefer to be the hunters than the hunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Rusty, 
is next. Good afternoon, Rusty. Hold on just a second. Take your time. Can you hear me loud? Hey, Rusticles. What's going on, brother? Uh, Just wanted to make sure I heard that and wanted to talk about the, the over-under schedule, wins, et cetera, real quick. Did you guys say that Georgia and Texas both were 10-and-a-half? Yes. And I don't feel too bad about us being eight and a half because I would have had both of them at eleven and a half. Uh, whoever wins their game head to head is probably going twelve and zero. Um, yeah, Texas's schedule is a joke. Ole Miss is a joke, and Missouri's schedules are a joke. The, Ole Miss and Missouri were gifted basically ten wins, and Texas was basically gifted eleven wins with what they're returning. Georgia's, you know, like I said, if Georgia. The winner of Texas Georgia is probably going twelve and zero. Um, it, Georgia just because they're so daggone elite, and Texas because they're scheduled. Where's our gift? Where's our gift of a couple of extra wins? I want a eleven wins. Well, we're not. We didn't get Texas. We didn't draw LSU. Got or Oklahoma at A and M. You know what? I'm not real scared of Skeletor and and Jackson <laughs> Darnold. Who is Skeletor? Brent Venables. He looks just like Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. We're better than Oklahoma. I mean, and even I guess even with the Oklahoma loss, you would still say nine and three is probably doable. Um, but your guys are right. You gotta you're gonna have to win ten games in the SEC to have any chance because there's probably gonna be five or more that win ten games this year in the SEC. Ole Miss, Missouri are doing it. Texas and Georgia are winning 10, and then somebody else is. And I don't think we're getting a fifth team in the playoff. So you better win 10 and hope your resume is better than Missouri or Ole Miss. So you got Texas beating Michigan and Ann Arbor this year? Yes, Michigan's going to be horrible. Michigan's going to take a I think Texas should win that game. Yeah, I, I I agree. Michigan takes a step back. Texas should, is still ascendant in the big house. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the most overrated home field advantages. It's literally yeah. just big. I could see him losing Oklahoma in the uh, Red River shootout. That's the week before they play Georgia. Vanderbilt garbage, Florida garbage, Arkansas garbage, Kentucky garbage, and who knows on what Texas A&M will look like. That's the weird thing about them is they've, they've got tons of talent. It's just how well, uh, you know, is that guy going to be lights out right out of the box? They'll be okay. The quarterback's going to be a pretty good ball player, but they, they've lost a lot. I mean, they've had a lot of mass exodus from that $21 million signing I still, class. That ten and a half generous Texas for me. I don't see where you I – don't, I don't think it's 11. It'd be insane. I, okay, I mean, I'm, you may be right. You may be right. I still, I still think, I think them and Georgia are playing in Atlanta in a rematch. Uh, it's just my guess. I think Oklahoma is going to be booty. Um, at least you know eight and four is where I'm, where I think Oklahoma is. So I don't think they get. I think and and they won last year um, in a really really weird ball game where Texas dominated almost every statistical category in Oklahoma. I think I think they're going to route OU this year. And I'm not a Texas guy. Believe me, I hate them. Um, not a big fan of Sarkeesian either. Um, but I just kind of got off on that. But I want to talk a little bit about the basketball game the other night. We've seen this for a while now, where in the flow of the offense, Connect isn't necessarily a deadly three-point shooter. Like, we got him a wide-open three 
in either the first or second possession, and he was he just he's off, and he's he's really good on the inbounds, catch and shoot threes, and then where he's best on his threes is when Rick just says, "Hey, hey, Dalton, uh, you just go raise up and shoot it wherever you're at. I don't care if there's a hand in your face. Just go off now, like he did when he hit the I think he hit three in a row." when he came back in under four minutes with the four fouls the other night. How about, this is just a crazy idea, how about we use that philosophy after the opening tip for the first six or seven possessions? Hey, Dalton, go off. And then get into the flow of the offense a little bit more. Then start running our sets after we've just told him, go I think he's got eye. license pretty much to to shoot. Like I, I don't think that it has to be at the beginning of game or or end of games. I I want him aggressive all the time. I want him hunting his shot, and when the ball gets there, he he gets to him. Like unless he's just got a double team running at him, I don't particularly want him passing. Right. Yeah, you're right. He does have a green light all the time, but I don't think he has that situation where Barnes says, "Hey, we're down." And there's no restrictions. We just need you raising up and taking shots. We're chasing points right now. And he kind of like – he thrives whenever we're chasing points. Like he did at Carolina. Like he did at A&M the other night. He did it at Georgia. We're just like just, – just North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like maybe we just do that to start a ball game. Because that's the game where he might go for 50. And it's the game where he does that. It lightens everybody else's load and then everybody else becomes relaxed and confident, and they'll start getting wide-open shots and, and being ready to, to pull yeah. them. Dude, he missed his Might first two threes. I mean, he was short. I know. That's they, 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 I mean, they were in the flow of the offense. It wasn't when Rick just said, go off, off the bounce, through your legs, behind your back, pump fake the defender, and then raise up and shoot it. It was more just natural catch and shoots in, in the flow of the offense. And I feel like – I don't feel like he shoots those as well as he does whenever it's just go dominate. Mm. Anyway. Interesting. Rusty, appreciate the phone call, man. I, I think the thing that – I mean, you talk about Tennessee's offense and whether or not we should just turn, connect, loose, or play in the flow. I think watching against – watching the Kentucky game kind of gave us all the, oh, this is our best version of ourselves is when everybody eats mm. and everybody's contributing. Now, a couple of potential pitfalls there are, A, it's Kentucky, and they're not very good on defense, so maybe it's hard to read in that. It would be, like, two of the guys that had good games at Kentucky, Vescovy and Triple J, are notoriously streaky and cannot be depended on from night to night. Hmm. Love them. Love them. Absolutely love them. But, no, you can't count So, I, I just think we have to continue to grow into it, and hopefully we are not peaking now and haven't peaked yet, and – um, you know, we have a really good player that's playing on a team of guys, many of whom have been playing together for a long time. They're still figuring it out. They're still figuring out how to play together and where the shots come from and when they come and all that different stuff. And I feel like a little bit of that is to be expected. Hopefully, you know, it's February 12th. Hopefully here in six weeks, we are starting to have consistent answers to those questions. I think that has to be the goal. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to – the only thing I'm starting to get a little nervous in is that we're – I mean, Valentine's Day is Wednesday, and we still haven't gelled completely yet. Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think you I – don't, I don't think that's a problem. 
You you want it to happen in six weeks, not now. You don't want to peak now. We we've seen that movie. That movie sucks. It does. We saw that movie last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we left the theaters crying. No, I, I mean, let's. There, there's another a higher plane that we can attain here, and let's hope that develops here over the next month or two. Stay with us. Hour number three of the drive coming up next here on Fan Run Radio.